What's Up Whittier. Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Here are the notes of our community cork board filled with this week's events. Hey guys, producer Christine here with this week's community cork board announcements. This Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. we have the Whittier Farmer's Market on the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. Hey guys, it's that time of year again. Concerts in the Park is going and it's going on strong. It is continuing until August 7th, which means there are only three performances left. So on Monday, July 31st, Upstream will be performing reggae in Central Park at the corner of Friends and Bailey. And on August 3rd, Mariachi Divas will be performing mariachi music at Parnell Park, located at Scott and Lambert Road. I'll announce more dates as the months goes on. Actually, there's only one show after this, but the show starts at 7 o'clock, and if I were you, I'd get there about 4 or 5. Also, did you know you can meet our very own Remo the Realtor? Well, Team Remo the Realtor has a small section set up on the corner of Washington Avenue and Park Street with bubbles, games, and even sandwiches. So take a selfie with Remo and enjoy the concert. On Friday, August 4th, Whittier Young Entrepreneurs will be hosting Growing Your Business, Building a Presence. There are two topics that will be discussed for the evening. The first, growing your business from employee-owned business to manager-slash-investor-owned business. And two, building your presence in your community and career, positioning yourself where you need to be now to get where you want to be in the future. What's Up Whittier is also sponsoring the event and Remo the Realtor will be on the panel. The entry donation for this event is for the Whittier nonprofit Concept 7 Foster and Adoption Agency. You will be purchasing a kit for $25, which includes a bag, socks, toiletries, stuffed animal, flashlight, books, nightlight, and snacks. So guys, what other reason do you need to come out? You're going to learn more for your business and support a good cause. This event is located at the home of the future Whittier Brewing Company at Nixon Plaza, 13002 Philadelphia Street. On Wednesday, August 10th from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., the Friends of Uptown invite you to enjoy the work of various artists while shopping, dining, and networking with local businesses. It's a free event and most businesses in Uptown participate. So get out there for a lovely night art stroll for some spontaneous discoveries. And don't forget to visit Marilyn at Port LeMain, 6721 Greenleaf Avenue for the art stroll map. On Sunday, August 13th at 5 p.m. until, well, late. Join Chidera Chime, a.k.a. CC, a.k.a. CC the Love, as he hosts Forking Good After Dark. This event is an opportunity to socialize with other townies with unlimited food and drink. Sounds fun, guys. Like the name of the event suggests, it will be at Forking Good Cafe, located at 6744 Greenleaf Avenue for just $35. We will include the link in the description and you can go to at Love for more information on Instagram. Have something you'd like us to feature in the community corkboard? Send it our way, guys. Tag us on Instagram, check out our Facebook, or send us an email at whatsupwittierpod at gmail.com. Also, if you like this podcast and think other Whittier Townies would like it, recommend to them. My opinion is that the best marketing is word of mouth. And let me tell you, when I'm eating tacos... When I'm out at Sprouts, even at Whittier Grocery Outlet, I'm talking about the podcast. So we have a lot of exciting things coming up, and the only way you'll know about it is if you follow us on Instagram or if you listen to the podcast. You guys, 
it's pretty cool. And uh, we'd really like the whole community to kind of be in on it. So don't forget to subscribe or else you'll miss out. Alrighty, well, I hope you all enjoy this episode. Take it away, Jesse and Remo. Welcome back, Whittier. What's up, Whittier? What's up, what's up? Today, like every week, talk to me, Jesse. What do we have? Special, very special guest. Today we have Carla Rodriguez. Hi, guys. She's a uh, licensed therapist. Licensed American Mer- Family Therapist. You're in Whittier? Mm-hmm. Say hello. Uh, Carol, Whittier. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Whittier? And uh, I'm very happy to be here, guys. Um, I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you would say. Um, and, yeah, thanks for, um, you know, letting me be on your show and talk about mental health topics today. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll get Remo, obviously. We'll do all his personal experiences. See if he can help us. can evaluate me. Yeah. Is this love line yeah. all over yeah. again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be fun, man. Yeah. Um, but sorry, so going into your intro, I think we got to make that our, our intro now for our What's Up Whittier. Yeah. 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 What can't we say it in Arabic? Huh? What oh, is it? how do you say it? it? Oh, man, uh, come on. You build it up. And wait, wait, let me think like about it. There's marhaba Whittier? Yeah, marhaba. But, but You're like yeah. trilingual. Right? Yeah, yeah. Are you say it in Korean. Um, look, I, I can't say it like in Korean. Korean can say it in Korean. What is it? Is it? Consumnida or something like that, Whittier? I don't oh, know. Okay, we're gonna get know. you. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll go to work on this now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be your international uh, yeah. translator. That's right. <laughs> well, we're at uh, a different location today. We're uh, not at Jesse's uh, oven. How about Gucci? Has a beautiful view. We're here in uh, your lovely house. Yes. AC is incredible. Yes. Let's start there, and you have a beautiful home. So thank you for inviting us thank into your you. home and, so and having us here. Mi casa es su casa. Perfect. So I'm glad to guy. Uh, I'm glad to have you guys here. As long as we don't have to pay the the mortgage, right? No, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. You're cool. I What's got in that the covered. refrigerator? <laughs> <laughs> Look over there, Carla. <laughs> so, Carla, t- uh, yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, obviously, you have your own practice. Yep. Um, what What does it mean to be a therapist for a f- uh, was a marriage and and family? Marriage and family therapist. Okay. Um, so, well, let me just start off by saying um, how long I've been practicing okay. in terms of, of private practice. This is going to be, um, I believe, it's going to be a little over a year since I started my own private practice. Okay. Um, prior to that, I had been working with um, other community mental health agencies um, in the local area like Montebello, uh, Whittier, Santa Fe Springs. And then I have had enough. (laughs) So I decided, um, and then also as I was sharing with Christine earlier, I decided to pursue my doctorate in marriage and family therapy. So I knew that having a full-time job was no longer an option. So it was kind of like, I need to, it's kind of do or die, right? You've wanted to do this for a while, and now you kind of, if you want to go this route, like you have to start. So I started uh, in Montebello uh, under another therapist. Uh, We were sharing a practice, and I realized because my schedule changes every fall, uh, it was going to be really complicated in terms of negotiating, like when she was going to be in the office, when I was going to be in the office. So two or three months into that, I was just like, okay, I'm being pushed again. 
I need to like get my own office. And one of the things that I decided to do is, you know, be local to my home. I was tired of driving. um, And I really wanted to live and work in my community, right? Um, So I forgot what your original question was. So what does a licensed marriage and family therapist do? Okay. So um, I do a little bit of everything. I'm kind of a jack of all trades. Um, I do individual work. Uh, I do work with with children. And um, I know I was going to go, well, Christine was going to ask me a couple of questions regarding child child therapy or play therapy. Um, I work with adolescents. I work with adults. Uh, I work with couples, uh, and I work. She with looked families. at me, by the way. It was yeah. like just <laughs> she looked at us, Jesse. I work with couples. Me and Remo have issues, but yeah. not, they're not yeah. that bad. With families, so um, yeah, I do a little bit of everything. Uh, I do specialize in working uh, with um, trauma and um, anxiety and, and uh, depression as well. Okay. So, I don't know. Do you guys want to ask me, like, any specifics? Sure. sure. I mean, this is uh-huh. your estate. So well, what? here's the first question. Are we getting charged for this? Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a consultation. And if it is, uh, send it to Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> he has the money. No worries. So, when you say trauma, I mean, uh-huh. are, you, are you allowed to give some examples of Yeah, definitely. Like that? So, um, you know, trauma is kind of subjective, right? You know, there are the really obvious examples of trauma, like I was involved in a severe car accident mm-hmm. or I was a victim of, you know, um, child abuse or I have been involved in a domestic violence for a series of years, right? But then there are other traumas, you know, like, um, like war traumas or uh, abandonment or, or things like that, that, you know, and immigration, right? Um, that's one of the reasons that I, I chose to, to focus my practice in terms of serving the Latino community. I do service everybody, <laughs> but um, I predominantly target the Latino community because I feel that there is... Um, a By the way, sorry, that, that was not Santa Claus coming in. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was my dog shaking its butt. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's not Christmas yet. Yeah. So I forgot where I was now. <laughs> sorry. You were talking about serving the community and... and uh, the oh, right. Like immigration trauma, right? Like, uh, for example, like migrating to a new country, letting go of all the people that you knew and reestablishing yourself in a world that's completely unknown to you and starting all over again right and facing like discrimination and all that stuff so it's not like the typical what comes to mind when we talk about trauma but it is a form of trauma for a lot of immigrants right not just latino immigrants but you know immigrants from um any other country as well so i have a just a practical question Uh um As an immigrant, you typically come with very little resources, or at least, you know, from my personal experience, people come with very limited resources. How is there a service that people can go to then that would connect them with you, or how mm-hmm. how does that work? So let me tell. Oh, God, that is such a like <laughs> packed question. Uh-huh. So for the people that for Latinos or other uh, or just minorities in general you know there is a tendency to for them because they're an immigrant population to be lower uh, socioeconomic mm-hmm. socioeconomic status like mm-hmm. lower SES so oftentimes they will go to um, mental health agencies that take medical because that's how they get medical services and behavioral health services right mm-hmm. Um, but even, for example, uh, the trends that I see when I 
uh, come in contact with Latino clients is that even if they do have insurance, uh, I, I currently don't take Medi-Cal, but even if I do take insurance, there's like a general mistrust of uh, the medical system, right? So uh, one of the things that I often uh, get is like, if I go through my insurance, is this going to go on my record? It's kind of like an sure. academic yeah, 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 record, sure. right? Is this going to go on my record? Is this going to affect my employment? Um, you know, can my wife have access to my records or, you know, all these hypothetical questions, right? Yeah. But um, I think part of the process comes from not knowing, um, you know, how therapy works, right? So therapy works in terms of uh, when you come in and see a therapist, they're going to explain the rules of therapy and basically it's called confidentiality, right? So what I talk about and what the client discloses during the session uh, stays within the room, right? So any um, information that is relayed to a third party, they have to give me written permission. So that means like, unless they're going through their insurance, obviously you have to disclose like the dates of attendance mm -hmm. uh, and their diagnosis. But for the most part, most people feel like this is gonna be like this dark cloud that's gonna be like following me around. Yeah. And the reality is that's not true. Like legally and ethically, we can't disclose anything that is said in within the session. So that's something that I constantly assure, especially people from Latino population. So back to the original thing is that they, even if they do, have insurance they often pay out of pocket cash because mm. they just want to okay you just told me like that i can you know be a little bit more calm about this process but yeah. nonetheless i don't want my insurance like to, to know, know everything anything. Yeah. yeah just me and you yes. <laughs> no one has to know yes uh-huh so um yeah that that's a little bit about the the latino community and um often as i was sharing with christine earlier that another trend is that it's not like couples there, like, you know, for the general public that... She looked at me this time, just <laughs> <laughs> It's not for couples therapy where some of us that are a little bit more familiar with therapy, like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I haven't, I've been feeling down. I've been having arguments. For the Latino community, like, when they come and approach you or when they um, are seeking services, it's already pretty much at a crisis level. Like it takes some sort of level of, of desperation or crisis or long-term mental health illness to actually reach out. So when I do see uh, Latinos uh, in my practice, it's usually like we're ready to get divorced or something happened or this is a big deal right now. It's not like, you know, I've been sad a little bit or minor issues, right? I mean, so to speak. Yeah. Do you yeah. ever have those, uh, I guess I would call it straight A students that come just to come and, and talk before it becomes a crisis or is it almost always a crisis situation? Um, no, you know, there, there are people that I think have the insight that I have gone through a recent life altering event, you know, and a lot of people don't realize that even positive events uh, can be stressful, right? So getting engaged, um, mm -hmm. you know, having a baby, uh, getting a new job, you know, these are beautiful things, but they're also sources of stress because they're, they signal a, a transition in your life, right? Yeah, yeah. So inevitably your life has to shift. And because we are creatures of habit, when we lose that, like right. our habits or our routines, like that throws us, you know, into a little bit of a state of despair. So, um, yes, there are people that are like, I just went through a 
I just lost a loved one. You know, yeah. as as a therapist, I do a lot of grief work, and that's something also that I um, specialize in. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get people uh, from all walks of life. One of the things that I do is I often work with students right here, uh, Whittier College, different universities. I went to Cal State Long Beach. I provide services for them at a really cheap fee. So if you're a student out there and you are in a, uh, enrolled in college, you can come to me and I have discount fees for students because, um, you know, they need to they need to uh, have stress management, right? Well, they, they're going through a lot of stuff, too, you know, so yeah. might as well. Right. This is off topic. Since you said Whittier College, yeah, yeah. is it local Whittier College or is it at a, one of the off campuses? Because they have for, for, the, for the work that you did. Because my cousin uh-huh. does, I think, the same family therapist. Uh-huh. Her name is Mary, uh-huh. but she did worked with Whittier College, but it was at the law office somewhere. Um, so, well, I don't exclusively work with Whittier uh, college students. I work with just stu- uh, college students in ah, general. Okay, gotcha. So if that's one of the questions that I do when I'm screening people, like, are you currently enrolled in college? If so, like, you know, um, it's kind of like me paying it forward, right? <laughs> like, you know, get your stuff together. So, you know, when you're done with your degree or while you're working towards your degree, you can have all the resources that are available to you in terms of like mental health yeah, right yeah. so that's one of my passions is working with with college students because they need it so now that you've been almost a year now uh-huh. doing it, has it been a lot different and have you enjoyed the transition yourself um i have um as i mentioned to you i don't know are you guys familiar with like um like the community mental health uh, agencies, like in the area. I know Whole Child. Okay. Um, I know. Uh, let's see the one down here. Um, uh, Lakata. Lakata. Okay. Uh huh. Um, so those are the two that I know. Okay. I don't know any. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. No. Not yet. Yeah. Well, the thing with those agencies is kind of like a hit or miss, right? They are working off of county funding, mm-hmm. right? So. What they do is they um, get interns, like that, that means when you're an intern is that you finished your master's and now you need to, in order to get licensed, you need to uh, fulfill 500 hours mm-hmm. of client work face to face and then you take your exam and then you get licensed, right? So um, most of those agencies use interns and there are a couple of agencies that kind of, I feel like they take advantage mm-hmm. of the intern status because they overwork them, right? Um, so, you know, and I often, like, have a lot of clients that are interns from, um, from like, those county agencies mm-hmm. that come to me for stress management, and I have to refer That's them. Funny. Yeah! <laughs> so it's, it's a real, like, it's a real problem, and it's a real epidemic because I feel like some of these agencies take advantage of the fact that you need these hours to yeah. get licensed, so they're going to put you through the ringer. Wow. And it's sad because, you know, a lot of good therapists can't handle the anxiety, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's just, it's kind of like a hazing process, um, to be honest with you guys. So um, one of the things that I do for the the students uh, that come to me that are in the marriage and family therapy programs is I tend to do a little bit of of coaching in terms of letting them know um, what the risks are so they are well aware of, you know, where to get the jobs next because there's been times where 
I would literally cry and have to read like my devotional before I set foot in my office because it's some of those agencies are just sad. And is it because the maybe it's poorly managed or is it because the clients you guys are seeing? Um, there are some agencies that I would consider like the McDonald's of mental health that they are about uh, productivity. So they push you to see as many clients as possible because they get reimbursed by the county. So in and of itself, it's a business, right? Um, so there are some that are more, I would say greedy than others that, you know, prefer quantity over quality. Um, and that is something that I think interns should be weary of. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like the so sad let's throw truth. some people under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. But, um, you know, there are some good and bad uh, agencies out there. So, yes. And that, so, again, the reason why I say that I know these two groups or these two organizations is that um, I, I have I participated in um, in working with them mm-hmm. as a volunteering kind of um pro bono stuff um but you know their struggle is always that is a uh, funding you know uh-huh. it's like how do we it's a funding and then also how do you because again so, uh, for me at the end of the day it's it, we we all kind of struggle with these with, right. with personal issues i guess mm-hmm. if you could say that um <clears throat> Some people deal with it better than others, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously the ones that need need a little bit more help. Mm-hmm. There's usually not those resources for them, right? Um, and this that's where these organizations step in, right? Mm-hmm. That they're able to provide something um, for for essentially people who cannot uh, afford it or or, right. or don't know where to go, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's like, how do you how do you provide a service that's very that's needed i mean mm-hmm. you really need it uh to individuals who can't afford it i mean then you get into the situation well we got to go to the government right, yeah. right. Gotta, that's why i asked start. that question earlier uh-huh. it's, it's, you have immigrants that are coming over yeah. and typically they don't have any money but if they need the help it's you know they're, they're kind of caught there yeah and, and again just in personal discussions with with uh with these groups uh I mean the the stories they tell, you know, it's mm-hmm. like man, it's, well, they it's shouldn't a, be telling stories. Well, no, they're just general stories. Yeah. I mean, they, it's just general stories of, of of families, you know, or in this case, it's individuals and and just their whole recovery process. You know, right. it's like, um, it, you know, you listen to stories, and every story starts off the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, they went through some kind of trauma, right? Um, and then they just keep repeating that that throughout their uh, um, life mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, what they were seeing as a young kid, they're now doing it to their own kids. Right. And then that cycle continues. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, again, uh, based on uh, on these stories that, that were told to me, it's like uh, for them, their success is really being able to nip that in the butt, right? Mm-hmm. Stop the, the, the cycling, essentially, right. um, and, and push them into a different path. Now, whether they go back to it or not, I don't know. But for me, just listening to those stories and for them being able to provide that, I, I thought it was just kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I wish there was more people like them out mm-hmm. there um, or, or, I guess, organizations that mm-hmm. really feel uh, feel like they need to provide that. Because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, uh, the other, you look at the other side, kind of like from your, your practice, um, it, it takes time, right? I mean, they're essentially paying for time. Right. When people come to see mm-hmm. you, they're paying for your time, mm-hmm. your experience, you, you know. Um, and it's, uh, 
it's not like an easy process. It's not like, all right, we're going to see you today and you'll be good to go. Right. It's going to take a series of a couple sessions. Um, and it's just working, right? It's working mm -hmm. through whatever they're dealing with. But is, is it really ever a kind of an end, a finish line or someone that has an issue? Is there a point where you say, okay, you're good now or you're well, resolved? Well, let's talk about anxiety because I know that I know that fairly uh -huh. well. Um, for something like that, is like again, is this something you could deal with in in a couple sessions, or is mm -hmm. it something that you learn to manage with, or or right. you know, how would you take on somebody who was so, dealing with that? Well, there's certain levels of care, right? There is, for example, like those that are looking for um, that are that are being sent by their employer, like uh, EAP occupational or employment assistance programs, mm -hmm. or um, that are looking for specifically short-term programs. Like a therapist would use what's called solution focus. It's like let's work together to address the current issue that's causing this anxiety and once it's resolved you know it might be a period of five to six sessions right we're working yep. to address a single source of anxiety then there are other people that are working with generalized anxiety due to let's say childhood issues and now they're in a troubled relationship and now you know they're being bullied at work right it's kind of up to the client to decide like how much they are willing to delve because it there's kind of like layers right you can solve the problem yeah. and then there is like how can i look back at the where the original pattern originated right so i can learn or gain insight as to how i behave and how i react and how i can not put myself in these anxiety provoking situations so there is like the band-aid which a lot of people prefer and a lot of insurances put a cap on you know how many sessions you have with a client so yeah you do surface level work and you know as long as their functioning and is back to normal or as close to normal that might be the goal for the client right but then there are clients that are like well i really want to work on childhood like issues and my relationship with my parents and how I feel it's affecting me now, then that's like deeper level of work. Yeah. So it's kind of up to like the client is a boss, right? They tell me what they want to do. Exactly. Like, do you want to order, you know, the, the light version or the, you know, let's go deep version. Yeah. Right. So I really, I am there to guide the client in terms of like the type of work that they want to do. And I welcome both processes. Nice. So when you're, in a sense, when you say keep digging deeper, I'm thinking like you pull back an onion, right, until you get to the, yeah. to, the, to, the, to the center. How do you know you're at the center? Like, is there a point or a trigger where you're like, okay, this is probably the root, or is there always a deeper root and a deeper root until you actually get there? But, sorry, before we get into that, yeah. do we need make, do we need to make a statement that this not this is not a uh, uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> clinical advice? Yeah. Or See your doctor. <laughs> consult your doctor, do your drugs, therapist. Disclosure uh -huh. <laughs> has been made. Yeah. So um, we're not on the hook. So the question again. Sorry, I. I uh, as far so as so, how do you know when you're done? Uh, yeah. How do you know? How do you know that that's the real root reason? Right. right. So I think a lot of it. I mean, as a therapist, given like my edu educational background, I could let you know. Like this sounds like you. Um, you know, this is covering some of the issues or we're exposing some of the issues, but ultimately the client is the expert, right? I can tell you a million things, but if it doesn't resonate you or I'm not hitting the nail on the head, then 
you know, my, uh, my take on it really is wrong, right? If we are, it's a collaborative process, right? Mm -hmm. If, if I send it back to you and ask you like, you know, do you feel that that might be the cause and you gain that insight? I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that feels like, like we're going on the right track. So it's definitely a collaborative process because you know, I am not the expert. I always let clients know, you know, what's best for you. Let's like kind of build those tools and, um, you know, help you like master those tools. Cause I feel that everybody has the potential for healing themselves. They just need a little bit of assistance. Um, so in that sense, I feel that some therapists might kind of consider themselves the authoritative figure in terms of like, okay, you're done, right? We solved all your issues. And sure, that might be the case, but ultimately, you know, when you feel satisfied, you know, when you have that peace of mind, like, you know, when, okay, you know, there's less conflict, I'm more peaceful, I don't feel as depressed anymore, like I can function, quote, unquote, normally. So I think that, you know, again, the client is a boss, and the client is the ultimate, like, um, fountain of knowledge when it comes to their own personal life situations. Do you prefer tougher cases uh -huh. or ones that are not as difficult? Like, Jeez. Do you like the, the heavy <laughs> trauma ones where you're getting in there or uh -huh. are you, or I don't want to say, the, 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 the word that comes to mind because I hear it all the time from uh, a friend is burn and turn, right? Uh -huh. So it's like for next one, next one, next one. Do you prefer some, someone to be with? Um, and see them over a year and just keep going and through the process uh -huh. or not so much that? Um, it depends. That's you know, a tough question. I know. There are, <laughs> there are clients that really challenge you, right? And then there are those clients that really are there for their, um, you know, they want to work on themselves. So I like the ones that go in there voluntarily. I do get a lot of court referred clients, you know, and my job is to um, not change them or like make them like woohoo therapy, right? But my job is to, okay, let's at least gain some insight as to like why you got yourself in this situation. And if I can do that, then I am happy. Um, in terms of trauma work, you know, I, my previous agency, I worked with a lot of um, child abuse, a lot of severe child abuse, like cases where, you know, infants were being kept in, inside trash cans or like severe wow. sexual abuse. Um, and that's always very difficult um, to hear. But I think when you begin um, treating childhood trauma, it's, it's never easy. But when you see the resilience, uh, when these kids are, you know, developing coping skills and um, you're targeting like their, their behaviors and their anxieties and all that stuff, when you see the changes happening, it's so rewarding and so satisfying. And that makes it easier because you reframe it, right? It's not like, wow, this person like came from such an abusive background, right? It's just like, you have the potential to overcome this. Um, so I think that I really, really enjoy trauma work because of the potential that can happen. You see an individual that's been disempowered and, and, and abused, you know, flourish into someone that 
you know, is, is a working individual, working child. You know, they're happy, they're playing, they're smiling, yeah. right? Um, so I think that's that's the most satisfying of trauma work, but not everybody can can withstand that, yeah. I'm sure that will take a toll on someone after a while, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, let me ask this question. D- does a therapist ever need to go see a therapist? Yes. I was going to say that. I was like, man, how do <laughs> I mean, Because after you hear so many of these stories, you know, you, you start become, questioning. You almost, well, you almost become part of that, right? I mean, that, that, that live story becomes part of you through them, right? I guess, is right. that right? Like, yeah. Um, you know, we're humans. We can't help to be empathetic. Like, I have... I, I have had sessions where, you know, I've been tearful and I, you know, I'm sorry that this happened to you, yeah. uh, but we are here to, you know, change it and to, you know, heal. Um, but yes, uh, when you're an intern, most likely you will have a supervisor and maybe group supervision. So you get to process these cases that are very difficult. So you're always um, getting some sort of emotional support. A lot of therapists that are in individual practice tend to join like um, outside like consultation groups. Okay. Uh, I'm very lucky that my best friend, hi Patty, <laughs> she's also a, mar- a marriage and family therapist and she's based out of Claremont. So um, it's kind of like case consultation, right? You you do go through some vicarious trauma. You know, I you know you come home and you feel affected you yeah. know it's inevitable not to right yeah. that's the empathetic piece um but you know there are definitely a lot of resources that therapists can turn to you know to um kind of uh disperse this energy that that you've been carrying because you take on all, all you take on a lot of pain from your clients yeah. right so you have to like disperse that energy back out as well wow so, so can somebody um, who's been dealing with something for obviously a long time, um, can they change? I mean, can they, mm-hmm. um, again, going back to like childhood trauma, like if somebody uh-huh. was going through something and they all of a sudden generated or started acting up mm-hmm. essentially or had some bad, um, what do you call it, like uh, negative behavior, mm-hmm. is that something that somebody could change? I mean, going through therapy? Yeah, definitely. The, okay. um, so, for example... You know, a lot of the the behavior is a reaction, conscious or subconscious, to to what happened, right? For example, um, a while back, I was um, I had an intake with an individual who was going through marital crisis, right? Yeah. And he's just like, I don't understand why I just like lose it all the time. I'm re- very explosive when I get upset, you know. Yeah. And we're talking about like, so where do you think this comes from? No, I had a great childhood. You know, so part of my assessment when I meet with someone is doing like family history and childhood history, right? So it's like, according to this person, there's no real reason for the anger. I just explode. But we're talking about family history. And, you know, this client is talking about how, um, you know, mom had all his siblings had uh, different different dads um his oldest or one of his siblings was very physically abusive how you know he tried to hang himself at like 10 years old so it you know for some people it's not automatic to associate those traumas to current behaviors right it's just kind of like a learned behavior like you learned that in your family people cope with frustration and anger through beating up on other people 
And that is kind of, they need to make that connection of like, yes, it makes sense that you would be explosive because this is a learned behavior. Right. So oftentimes people come in and they don't even know why they're acting, but you look at, um, acting up, but you look at like the family history or the past history and they start making connections a little bit by bit. So I think having those aha moments is like really pivotal in terms of like, uh, let's begin the work from there and let's start the healing, right? Um, yeah. That was Jesse asking that question for himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was getting into a question. Hold on, man. I you have jumped, a friend. You jumped the gun. I have a friend. This friend. <laughs> he told me to ask you. <laughs> no, uh, um, Hi, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the friend. Um, in terms of uh, um, like getting into that or, or diving into those details, how do you, because, uh, again, if we just met uh-huh. and I'm coming in, um, it'd be hard for me to open up, right? Right. So how do you get into, aside from the questionnaire, mm-hmm. how do you ease in or get them to ease in into right. opening up? Yeah, it's, um, I think a lot of it is, you know, building the rapport and I let them know, like, right off the bat, you know, obviously you're coming to me because there are things that need to be sorted out or addressed. And I know that it's not easy spilling your guts like to a stranger, right? Yeah. But I think that your presence, your warmth, uh, the way that you ask certain questions puts puts people at ease, right? Because yeah, it is a very um, intrusive process, and yeah. I always thank my clients in you know during the first session. You know, thanks for hanging in there. I know it's not easy disclosing all this information to somebody but you know i i guarantee you that it's it's the beginning of the healing process so um yeah just acknowledging that you are putting them in a vulnerable position that most people do not want to be in right especially on the whole latino community i mean i'm you know you're right Uh i mean just talking from personal experience you kind of hold on to the last minute Uh you know everything even if you cut yourself you're your guts are right, like physically spilling out, but <laughs> I'm okay, you know. I'll get, I'll put a bandaid. I'm good. Yeah. So, put some 409 or whatever. Exactly. Let's spray some Windex do, on that. Do you ever have clients that are the opposite though, that just won't stop talking? Um. So one of the things that I, excuse me, <laughs> one of the things that uh, I ask, like when my clients first meet me, is like how can I be of aid to you or what are you expecting from your therapist? There are clients that literally just want to talk to me and have me present in the room, not give any feedback and I'm okay, you know, I'm willing to to sit there and, and listen to you. There are clients that want more, a little bit of the, uh, to be for me to be more directive in terms of like, here, let me guide you a little bit more. So, I think that I take that personality or the the person's personality into consideration as to like what's going to work for you. Like, are you the type that is receptive to feedback, or you just want to tell me like your problems? Um, but you know, the caveat is that you can't expect me to help you with change if you just want to sit there and talk to me and not be receptive to my feedback right it's just like just talking in the shower right? exactly <laughs> exactly so i'm like you know if you feel that just having a sounding board is beneficial to you that's cool but after a while like i don't want to i would say like 
take advantage of you, right? Because you could easily do this with your dog, (laughs) you know, but it's just like, so there's, there's just, it's, it's a fine line, right? Uh, But yeah, I do get clients that just want to come in and chat. I have clients that are like, here, fix my life. And I'm like, okay, well, you're the author of your own book. So let me see like how I can guide you in creating that change yourself. And that is the difference between a life coach and a therapist, by the way. I was going to say, so so the next, yeah, because it sounds, again, therapist, um, my mind, or not my mind, but what I've seen people describe a therapist is exactly that. It's just walking into into a room with the comfy couch and you kind of lay down. I mean, it's, it's been portrayed in film right. too, right? Uh-huh. You lay down and you're kind of kicking back and you're just talking and the person's mm-hmm. list or therapist kind of writing notes and yes, you know, kind of mm-hmm. nodding their head. But there's really no dialogue, right? It's just more of a one person speaking, the other one listening. Um, and then obviously we get your perspective, right. which is a true perspective. Now it's where it's really depending on how the client wants to mm-hmm. work, right? Um, so it's good. But then you get, you know... Um, Life coach or what's the other ones? Um, uh, is it hip, hypnosis? Uh, what they oh, call, hypnotherapist. Uh, hypnotherapist. Okay. Uh, where you know you kind of we want to work so we could focus on on a specific whatever is creating a job or creating uh-huh. a career or some event in your life uh-huh. and all that stuff. And you kind of get all that, and it seems like it all meshes together. Uh huh. Does it? I mean. Well, okay, so let no. me tell you. <laughs> like, well, I mean, well, I say that's this because, thing, because I get it's these big. questions, it's, it's, it's right? A... Like, all the time. Like, what's the difference? So let me talk about a little bit about the difference. So uh, marriage and family therapists go through a master's program. They do 500 hours of, of client contact, and then they go through these crazy exams to get a license, right? Then you can practice independently and, and we say license is licensed and regulated by the state by the state right. of california we are governed by the board of behavioral sciences life coaches can be paco down the street who's a life coach you know there are some life coaches that have you know some qualifications but they don't go through any specific training. So life coaches are a little bit more reactive. They'll, it's kind of like going to the gym and having a trainer. Like, I want to do this and this and this and this. I don't know, like, how effective they are. You know, some I know that a lot of people readily turn to them. Uh, but because they aren't governed by a board, I think there is a potential for a lot of ethical dilemmas. Um, so... We're governed, uh, uh, social workers are, are governed, like licensed social workers, and psychologists are governed too. So um, back to your question, like those... Uh-huh. Uh, well, sorry, can you speak about the, the hypnotherapy too? Like is that... Yeah, so that's a specialty. Um, you get specialized training. It, most hypnotherapists are already marriage and family therapists or practicing psychologists, right? So it's kind of like a specialization. So the, the, the basic one is like you can be a marriage and family therapist and also be a sex therapist. You just need to complete additional requirements, right? Um, so hypnotherapists go to specialized training courses to do the hypnotherapy. I myself um, have never been interested in hypnotherapy. I am sure that it works for some clients, but, you know, again, I think that, you know, there's people that are totally for it. 
I I really don't have an opinion. Okay. Uh-huh. Let, let's take a poll of the audience here. Exactly. <laughs> Do you think hypnotherapists work? Have you ever seen a hypnotist and be like, oh, it's real? Well, here, so, well, um, that's what I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you really go into hypnosis or not, but in terms of, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I uh-huh. mean, it's uh um, and, and there's a few uh, podcasts that I listen to where they do start talking about hypnotherapy mm-hmm. as as a, a way of solving a few of, of um, so here I'm saying anxiety uh-huh. I, I have anxieties and so uh-huh. um, I was listening to you know again podcasts that actually talk about some of the stuff to deal with some of the issues mm-hmm. um, so I, I haven't tried it but it, I, they keep talking about you know obviously there's that and other uh-huh. things um, but for me, it's the same thing. It's like, does it really, ha- does it really, like, do you really go under? <laughs> you, yes, you took a, a, a yes or no question. In <laughs> well, uh, well, do I, no, that's what I, I'm throwing back the question. I don't I know. I don't. This is a social experiment. Like, uh, right? one of you has to undergo it. it right. Back no. to me. I, I look at it and I think this, it's a, it's crock. It's a bunch yeah. of, like, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't believe in Christianity. Have you guys seen the movie Get Out? No. no. Oh my gosh. Okay. So in the movie Get Out, uh-huh. um, I don't want to spoil it. Well, whatever. It's been spoil out. Spoil it. But um, so they do like hypnotherapy. Uh-huh. The mother does hypnotherapy to help people get rid of their cigarette smoking mm-hmm. habits. Yeah, smoking cessation. Uh huh. Right. And so um, oh, I don't want to spoil it. But anyway, she like it's a movie. I mean, it's a movie. So I've never done hypnotherapy. I don't know if it really works. Um, yeah. Again, like. It could work. I don't know. I've seen people get hypnotized at a fair and they start like... Yes or no, Christine. Yes or no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Long story. Yes. I say yes only because there's so much about the human mind that we don't know, nor do we understand. And I think that some people are able to... Um, I don't know. I don't, yes. It, I, no, I, I you're believe, right. You and that's, yes. that's where Probably I struggle. Yes no. uh, I am on the fence. You know, I think that for some people, it, it is, you know, it's powers of suggestion, right? And I've heard that for some people it works and for some people it doesn't. So I know that it's a common treatment for smoking cessation. But to say, like, yes, I can vouch for this, like, I can't because I have limited limited knowledge and no experience in it. So um, I can't. So yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone so goes in the same direction. Yeah. It's just hard, man. Yes, but... Or no, but <laughs> right. Story. I think that if you have a therapist who has a good reputation in the community and has training in hypnotherapist, I would take that chance. If it's just um, Paco down the street, Paco down the street with Shout like to a Paco. needle in front of your, your face, then I would be a little bit more wary of. Look Paco. at my stopwatch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good one, though. Interesting. All right. We'll have to check into it. Uh, so, you mentioned, obviously, therapist, psychologist, or psychiatrist. Uh-huh. What's the difference? Okay. So, psychiatrists or MDs. So, they prescribe. Um, they go to med school, obviously. They prescribe medication, and they can do therapy. Most psychiatrists just uh, dedicate themselves to prescribing um, medication, uh, there are some psychiatrists that practice both parts, that the therapy part and the medication. Um, and so uh, 
so yeah, that that's the doctor. They only do medication. Marriage and family therapists and licensed um, social workers cannot administer or prescribe medication, even though I do get a lot of clients like, oh, I need a prescription, or can you prescribe this? And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I can't, but I can provide you a referral to a local psychiatrist that's willing to work for you. Um, so that's kind of the main difference. Um, and psychologists... Um, Psychologists go to, um, they can perform therapy, but they can also perform uh, psych, psych testing. So, for example, like uh, to rule out ADHD or to rule out, um, what is it, learning disabilities or things like that. So they have the power to perform tests. There are psychologists that only perform the tests or the evaluations, and there are psychologists that perform the therapeutic component and the testing as well. So here's my analytical side. Is that someone's opinion? What right? Do you mean? Is, is the test black and white or is it someone saying my recommendation is that person has ADHD? No, these are like, um, you know, these tests have been developed by, uh, you know, by doctors and all that stuff. So they are like legit tests and they're standardized tests. So it's not like, you go to psychologist and he's going to ask you like, you know, um, how awesome do you feel today from a scale? No, it's just yeah. like, you know, very standardized. So these are, these are, um, psych tests can be used for, um, I don't know, court evaluations or, uh, let's see what, um, immigration evaluations or to, you know, get, um, children, um, special accommodations for school. Um, so, yeah, the, these are really like standardized tests. These are not like um, tests that, that are individualized that every um, psychologist like has their own version. Like these are standardized tests that are developed by, by big universities that have been So used if for it's a while. John, the psychologist, or Patty or Sally, and they look at the exact same results, would they be able to say the exact same findings? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, it is. Okay. So, so it's, it, black and it's, like it's okay. not qualitative data. It's okay. quantitative data, right? So um, that's why they have to go. They have specific um, training in not only how to administer these exams, but how to interpret them. Got so it. there is, it's, so it's not a subjective interpretation, right? Like an inkblot test, like where it's like, yeah. what do you see <laughs> here? <laughs> it's like, oh, you have this, I'm right? Not, how, does that, how does that work, by the way? I mean, um, have you? Okay, so you, something you brought up, and now that like, I'm going to seg segue back a little oh, bit. Oh man, now so. she's going to diagnose me. <laughs> yeah. Can we cut right, this? Go lay on the couch. <laughs> go lay on the couch. So you talked about like, traditionally we think about like the therapist, you know that's like you know the the Freudian therapist that's like um you know on the couch and then the client is like laying down and they're mm -hmm. making no contact that's you know the origins of like psychotherapy right but you know as we have progressed we find that it's the relationship that is the catalyst to healing and connecting with a person because you guys are not going to go to a therapist that literally does not even look you in the eye or just like is writing notes and you don't even know what they're what they're writing, right? So uh, nowadays, I think the movement is towards developing rapport and some sort of therapeutic relationship with your therapist, right? I engage all my clients. I'm very transparent. Um, you know, I I have that empathy component, and um, you know, some of these clients like really warm up to me, and I think that. 
a lot of these people, you know, I think it's kind of like my motto that that hurts happen within the relationship, within relationships, and they also heal within relationships, right? So you as a therapist, you know, have the power to uh, have what is called like, let the client have a corrective experience, right? Like, I am depressed because I've been abandoned all my life by my mom, by my dad, by my spouse, right? And if they have someone that they can feel supported by and guided, um, you know, in the process of, of grief and all that stuff, you know, that, that kind of corrects that experience or that thought that, you know, I'm unlovable or everybody is loved or, you know, has left me, you know, it's just like, yes, this has happened, but it's not, um, it's not generalized to everybody, right? So uh, in that sense, I feel that the therapist and the relationship with your therapist um, is, is part of the healing process. That's why it's really important to click with your therapist. And a lot of people don't know that, that if you don't have a connection with your therapist or you think your therapist is absolutely horrendous, <laughs> um, you know, please, please, please find somebody that you connect with. And or, call, or call Carla. Or call me. <laughs> no. Yes, I'll give you guys my information later. Uh, but yes, so a lot of it is connection, right? You know, and I don't take it personally when I have clients that tell me that they don't connect because, you know, my ultimate wish for everybody is that they find healing and they will find it with someone that clicks with them. Um so yeah, I, I as I was sharing with Christine earlier, because of my um, master's program and now my doctorate program, I have to take individual therapy. So therapists have to take therapy. So you know that we're not, we have our, uh, no. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we get our stuff together, so to speak. But um, I was sharing with Christine that there are, because Whittier is so saturated with therapists, yeah. and I've kind oh, of really? dabbled with a lot of them. We're all crazy over here. Uh, <laughs> there are some amazing ones that I'm like, wow, like you are on point. And is there, there are... anyone that you want to? No, okay. <laughs> I don't want to pick on anybody, but there are some that I'm the good just ones, like. Though, the good ha- ones. Yeah, and, and there are terrible ones. There that like I had maybe one or two sessions, and I was just like why am I here? Like, yeah. So and they know that you're also a, a therapist. therapist. Yeah. Right? Because so you, you disclose, right? Okay. Like, Hey, I'm in a master's program and a doctor program. I have to take these hours for, you know, in order to complete my degree. Um, so is that weird being asked the questions and being guided or, is- um, a little bit, yeah. Like, Don't ask me that question. I know where you're going with this. A little bit. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like being a therapy snob. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I would have done that better. Um, but, yeah, it's a little bit weird, but um, I think it's good. You know, it takes one to know one, and, and it puts you in the position and reminds you that how you should act, like what you should do, like what tools to keep from that therapist that you like and what tools to not keep from that therapist. Do you ever you correct them like. if they say something? Um, I don't think I have. But, but in your mind, I'm sure you'd be like, oh, you shouldn't have said oh, that. Oh, yes. <laughs> there have been several mental eye rolls that I'm just like, oh, my God, <laughs> really? How but long have you been doing this? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But that's another thing that, you know, I try to advocate with my clients. It's like, I'm not always right. So yeah. if you're just like, you are not getting it, let me recap or re-explain something to you, then, you know, you're doing me a favor because I can understand you, right? Even further. Yeah. And it's... And I'll, it's I'll give you my equivalent. When I get a, a someone that calls us and does a sales call, 
and I'm listening to them I'm like, oh my God, dude, you shouldn't have said that or it's, you know, yeah. so I, I, that's why I asked that question. No, that's true. I mean, um, sorry, not going into uh, um, you a little more personal. Yay. So are you, are you from Whittier? <laughs> I am not from Whittier. Um, I am, well, I grew up in La Mirada. I was born in Mexico City. Oh, nice. So I came from far away. Um, <laughs> I was Not born in Mexico far. City. Um, I grew up in La Mirada and then Hacienda Heights. And then my fiance and I got this house. It's going to be two years now. Oh, wow. So I've been, I've been pretty local, yeah, for the yeah. most part. Yeah. So, so growing up in, in the, within the area, um, do you have any go-to places in Whittier that I you do, frequent guys I do I want to get really <laughs> serious now about yes this is a real conversation about right. uh, something that is very near and dear to me and that is the topic of bread pudding because dun, dun, dun. yeah exactly <laughs> so um there are a couple spots where I've had the bread pudding and if you guys have any like spots that serve bread pudding because that is like my go-to thing bread um, pudding really I yes. got one I got one for you but here let's see where you were okay you had so it. I've had so a couple of nights ago we went to um Portsmouth okay. there's this pretty good um but the one that I've had so far that it's been like, whoa, is um, the one at the bottle room. It's it's smaller, but... Um, so you it, get two, right? Well, they... they uh, well, actually, both both locations serve it with like a uh, vanilla ice cream. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that I gravitate towards bread pudding because I grew up like super Mexican, right? So it's just like these kind of desserts that are typically American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up with flan yeah, or yeah, yeah. like, you know, pastel de tres leches yeah. and all that stuff. But when I tried bread pudding, I was like, what is this magical carbicide <laughs> that is like happening right now? This is flan <laughs> to the next level here. Exactly. So uh, if you guys have any pointers on where to like eat bread pudding, like. Well, I'll tell you my spot. We, and we just had it last <laughs> night. Um, it's at the Rusty Monk. Oh really? I was they, just gonna uh, say that they um uh it, and it's a good sized portion actually. Mm -hmm. um, same thing they serve it with uh, vanilla ice cream. Uh huh. Um, there's this uh, bread pudding with uh, raspberry, I think it is, uh, oh. filling. Uh huh. Uh, so it's really it's I mean if you just go for the bread pudding, I think you're you're solid. Okay. Um, so that's one. The other one that's coming up, and and I don't know if he serves it at his restaurants yet or not. But uh, Ricardo Diaz, uh -huh. I know we've been to his places. Yes, um, uh -huh. he has the Fidel spot and yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the taco. So he, he's uh -huh. on to that stuff too. So I don't, I'm not sure. If we might want to look into it, see if he has a, a bread pudding. Uh, well, Ricardo doesn't he's big. have like really desserts um, at any of his places. Sure. Except for like I the tres leches. The, that, I uh -huh. guess I just let it out the bag. I let the cat out of yeah, the bag. Uh, so if you tell him Jesse told you <laughs> that you have it, <laughs> there's a special stash in the bag. My <laughs> Just you, make happen. you know what they do have? Uh, what, what is so, it? Sorry, can I mention one more? Yeah, go, uh -huh. um, so there's one more. It's Jesse a, also loves bread pudding. No, well, we're connecting because uh -huh. I love food. <laughs> 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 and uh, the is it cat in the hat? Or, uh, the cat in the teacup? Is it covered cat in the custard cup? Custard, 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 custard yeah, 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 yeah. The custard. But that's not witty, right? That's like, it's not. But but it's that, if you're talking about uh, trying to find a, a local place. Yeah. So that one's pretty good too. Um, uh, trying to remember what other one. Again, if you gotta hit those two spots and uh -huh. you haven't been there, you gotta check them out. Okay. So. 
Dang, guys. No spots over here. I, I'm not a fan of bread I know. Bread I'm not a bread, big bread pudding. Yeah. What do you guys... I think it's too mushy and the, the texture is weird. I know. But, it's like mm. grandma food, but it's yeah. delicious. Yeah, exactly. It's, exactly <laughs> well, it, it's funny you say that because, uh, again, I go back to well, my grandma. My grandma every year does capirota, oh, okay. which is kind of it's kind of similar, you know. It's uh, um, And uh, my, my other grandma, she used to make it uh, mm-hmm. once in a while. And it was really... I mean... As a kid growing up, I remember having to eat that. She used to feed, I don't know, like 10, 12 kids, you know? So with one, with just one platter, you mm-hmm. could feed a whole crowd, exactly. right? So, uh, so I, I think I, I kind of get what you're getting at. Uh-huh. Is that it kind of connects you to some other desserts. Um, but yeah, with, 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 uh, with, uh, with even with just vanilla ice cream, it's just kind of yeah. tops it off. So. And you know what I just thought of in terms of long, longevity, like, when I get old and my teeth fall out, I can still be having blender. <laughs> <laughs> so. You can put it in a blender and you can drink so it as well. well. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sipping like yeah. my bread You're pudding smoothies. Having it drool down. Right? <laughs> so for you guys, what are your favorite desserts? Let's talk about that. I'm interviewing you now. You're like looking at me. <laughs> Christine. Well, Christine has all the spots. Yeah, well, I really like... Um, frozen yogurt so Rockies is really good for frozen yes, yogurt uh-huh. um if i'm in uptown uptown frozen yogurt is pretty good too um my i don't really eat like desserts like typical dessert go to um actually at flight their um mm. their chocolate cake that they have with the ice cream it's like a chocolate brownie type of okay. deal it's so good it's so good so that's my go-to that's my recommendation okay the chocolate because i'm a chocolate person though i like eating a lot chocolate Rima, any desserts? Well, growing up, my mom always used to bake uh, Middle Eastern sweets. So four boys, growing up, we would eat anything in the house. And Uh so there was always an excess of that. And it was so rich and sweet. So I have very little sweet uh, sweet tooth. So I'd rather have a piece of chicken or a piece of meat or fish. Well, let's dive into that, your childhood. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. Carla? um, (laughs) So I I really don't care for sweets that much. I'll Mm -hmm. have a bite of something, but it's not a, you know, let me hurry up, finish dinner so I can have a pastry or something. I do like forking good. They're a churro. um, It's really, really good. So that's actually had it this morning. Um, So, but it was a small piece that I had, of course. Right, (laughs) right. But um, that's really it. I don't really have too many dessert places uh-huh. but if someone next to me is or oh you know what i do like let me, let me backtrack the bazooki from bj's it went still warm well, and now the that ice cream is melting now that you mention it uh-huh the rusty mug again i'm saying this we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're there yesterday yes, uh, stock in the yeah <laughs> we're there yesterday they just brought something similar Really? A yeah, it's like with a that. cookie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the combinations are really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we obviously we didn't try because uh-huh. we stuck to the uh, uh, bread pudding. But uh, uh, so, anyways, if you gotta get a fixing, there you go. So is that that is that your go-to dessert or? No, uh, for me, I could eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not. A, I don't yeah. discriminate. Um, but my kids do love. Um, uh, what's that? Um, um, yogurt place. Uh, Frugos. No, I would oh, see the one with the uh, Where at? the little pinks. Uh, Yogurt, pink Menchies. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they obviously top it to the rim or above the rim with all the stuff. So yeah. that's usually our kind of go-to. Okay. Uh, but for me, I, I'll, I'll take whatever comes across. 
Um, What's in the refrigerator right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys. Okay. Kind of we're cream. getting ready for, like, uh, well, engagement parties coming up. And then we're yes, getting congratulations. Ready. Yeah. yeah congratulations. So we're having our wedding in Mexico City in the motherland for me nice. uh, next year. Um, so we've been trying to eat healthy uh, because we have all these events and all that stuff. So... Um, I do uh, take out my boo um, on Thursday. I call it man night. I, nice. Whenever I finish with clients, I'm like, uh, can you get all dolled up for me? Because I'm about to take you out. Oh, nice. nice. So, like yeah. If my fiance is thing ever, <laughs> I know. please take note. We, man night. We just got engaged as well. So this oh, is all, congratulations. Thank you. This is all good conversation. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I have my man day nights. And that's usually when we splurge. And that's usually when I'm like, and we have bread pudding <laughs> and then you can have whatever else but um speaking of splurging like on a um, healthy conscious uh lately we've been we've tried a couple times uh, masa taco which is oh my god that, and it's right next to us how great is that yes. it's, okay. we can go after yeah they so, open at three. Oh, hey okay so yeah um that place is awesome you know organic uh mm-hmm. their aguas are like so it, they basically taste like uh, like Heaven. black kombucha but yes. it, it's just good it's just so good um so yeah if we could get like more vegetarian options in in whittier that'd be cool because i i think that you asked like what 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 things would you like to see in whittier that yeah well, speaking of that, look at that Jesse's oh, did, question. did i did <laughs> i, segue? I, I, uh, did I beat you to the punch uh, well speaking about veggie I, I, I this morning we just had breakfast with the wife at auntie's uh-huh. uh they just opened up um, and they got a, a pretty good uh, veggie Where's menu. At? It's at the uh, old... Right next to Winchell's. You remember right where Four Bricks was at? Oh, yes, yes. Right next door. I was sad to see them Me too. go. They that had was really good food. Four yeah, Bricks? that was such uh-huh. a good spot. I really like mac and cheese. You know, you say your thing yes. is bread pudding. My thing is mac and cheese. So it's like, if I see mac and cheese on the menu, I'm going to order it. Yes. And they had the best mac and cheese. But now I'm back to Tony at the ballroom. So they have, <laughs> you know, so it's like the mac and cheese. It's like, wait. Yes, mac and cheese is another one. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, before we end here, any other place you frequent uh, locally that you're like, it's your go-to? <sighs> Um, oh, where's, where's the hubby's place? Does he have a... Oh, he likes... Um, what is that? Uh, uh, Bizarra Capital. Okay. Uh, he loves their chips and salsa. So whenever I go without him, I bring him back like a big container nice. of salsa. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, the Babe, if you're paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pato tacos there like, yeah, are really to good. die for. Uh, the shrimp cocktails. I mean, they're great off the hook, too, is something that we like yeah. frequent a lot. Um, we recently went to Portsmouth. Uh, he's not an oyster person, but I'm an oyster person mm-hmm. with like a chilled glass of wine. Nice. And I'm just like, oh, that is my jam. Um, he likes burgers. Uh, I love lamb. Uh, I, I grew up with a, a, a Lebanese stepfather. So we ate lamb like pretty regularly. So I crave Daily, hourly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, we ate lamb like, and I get, I don't really crave like red meat, but I do crave lamb because mm-hmm. it's just got such a cool kind of gamey flavor. Have you had the lamb burger at Rusty Mug? Yes, oh, I so have. Good. It is so good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. But um, I think those are pretty much our go-to spots. Yeah. Now that Masataco is like up 
Bar Street. Like, we, we're going to walk there a lot more. Nice. Yeah. Is it walking distance from here? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. Well, for Remo, it's, it's Uber distance. Yeah. Cause he, can't, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't want to walk that far. Come on. Uh-huh. I don't have time door. to walk. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, um, which is the question we're talking about, uh, if you had to bring in something into the city, what would it be mm-hmm. that's missing? Well, um, as you guys know, I am a fur parent. Um, so I know that there's the dog park in, I think, is it off of Philly? Mm-hmm. Right, huh? um, I would like to see one in East Whittier because it's it's a hassle getting these um, fur balls like in the car. They have their own seat belts, obviously. Uh, but it's, it's a hassle. So if I could have something like right here where this little trail yeah. is, mm-hmm. I would like that. Uh, what else? Maybe a Whole Foods. I know that we have, what's Sprouts. this one right here? Oh, Sprouts. Herbie's. Herbie's. We have Herbie's, Sprouts, Sprouts. Aldi's. You know who Grocery has a, Outlet. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know who has a lot? We just had them. Uh, we're going to release the episode. Oh, okay. The episode's already been released. Check it out, guys. <laughs> um, but they actually offer a lot of organic foods and um, oh. like at a reduced price because they, they buy at a reduced price. So mm-hmm. that's why. So like. Before I got here, I made some guac really fast, and I had these chips that were made from, like, black beans, navy beans, and brown rice. Oh, okay. And that was, like, 99 cents. That's the one that's next to the Big Lots, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 Okay. So they have a lot of really good... Yeah, they have an organic, organic section. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's That's awesome. really good. And, and really inexpensive too it, it, it really is not a whole food style like you know the chia seed do you ever see those mama chia packets yes, okay uh-huh. so i bought 12 of those for ten dollars and at sprouts they sell them for 1.99 each so it's Whoa. like you know Double. i'm saving 14 bucks instead of buying them each individually yeah. like anyway it's a really good deal everybody has to go to with your grocery outlet my mom and i love it i took my mom she liked it so yeah so, yeah. Oh, you know which where we've been going to, like by uh, Bevmo, like they have the food trucks on Friday nights. Have you guys been? really no. at Bevmo? Yeah, Bevmo. Well, it's they Friday have a today. DJ, and then they have a bunch of food trucks. Really? Um, Friday mm. nights, yeah. It's Friday. It's been, it's been going on for I think two or three weeks now. So okay. hey, I out. got the scoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? What are your exclusive? Exactly. Uh, if, does it help if walk in and uh, I know Carla? Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm with her. Like Charger double. Yeah. Charger yeah, double. they have like well the the cupcake. Um, I went straight made a beeline for the mm-hmm. cupcake nice. food truck. So, uh, but yeah, they have like different options and they have like a DJ and they're playing music and all that stuff. So it's okay. pretty cool. Yeah. So, and you have Bevmo right there, so you can go get exactly. a Exactly. <laughs> Grab your 40 and yeah. your burrito <laughs> yeah. and your cupcake. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Sorry, uh, in terms of uh, your, your, uh, your practice, right. um, how, do, how do people reach out to you? Okay. Um, so the best way to get a hold of me is by uh, giving me a ring, and my number is uh, 626-626. Six zero zero two zero six eight, and you can leave me a voicemail. Uh, usually, I do give um, a fifteen-minute consultation call, uh, just so I can make sure that I'm a good match uh, in terms of you know being your therapist and to figure out um, um, you know and and inform you about my private practice. Right now, um, I am um, taking mostly cash patients, and I also um, take uh, blue shield patients uh, I'm still trying to figure out if I want to get on the rest of the panels because it is a lot of uh, work involved like in terms of their applications paperwork uh, right yeah. yes 
uh, but I do offer sliding scale on a case-by-case -case basis, and I do offer uh, a very, very reduced fee for um, college students. Okay. Uh, and then you guys can also visit my website. It's um, K-A-R-L-A, Carla, my name, CarlaMFT.com. So the MFT stands for Marriage and Family Therapist. So once again, it's CarlaMFT.com. And you guys can find out more information about uh, my training, the type of work that I do, uh, my fees, uh, and all the other extracurricular stuff that I'm doing, like uh, YouTube videos and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, hit me well, up. While, while Christine puts that in the show notes, you said YouTube. Do you want to talk really quick about what your YouTube channel is? Yes. Yeah, so I'm doing, uh, I haven't really had time since I started the doctorate program, but I'm kind of relaunching the whole thing. So um, I love media um and obviously i'm here mm -hmm. <laughs> um but there's a lot of uh content out there without substance and i wanted to kind of take on this project to do like you know short abbreviated videos to talk about different mental health topics you know most of the youth is uh using the internet to access information so if you're going to be looking at a makeup tutorial why not spend five minutes learning about why you're so anxious or why it's so painful to be in a bad relationship or you know parenting topics or all that stuff um, so one of the things that I'm trying to do is I do offer them in English and in Spanish um, I was sharing with uh, Christine that I also do a lot of writing for uh, periodicals and uh, articles in Spanish. Um, I got picked up to get my own um, column in the an independent Spanish newspaper, the Whittier Latino. Um, so, and I'm trying to get uh, into Univision to be like one of their experts, so I can um, do a lot of stuff with them and like you know do kind of an entertainment slash uh, educational. Uh, like segments for for the Spanish-speaking community. Well, if you're looking for a co-host on on starting your own podcast, uh -huh. where you start taking callers' uh, questions, let me know. Yeah, I think definitely. It'd be fun. I'd know, be interested. Uh, <laughs> I love you know. I really because I'm so limited by. And so I say that because I grew up with Loveline. Uh, you know, ditto, we, we talked ditto, about Dr. that earlier. Drew and then like yeah, and that was and just. Aside from, like you mentioned, the entertaining, which uh -huh. was hilarious, but also <laughs> useful, you know? I mean, there's some useful... I mean, that's what not to do. <laughs> yeah, what not to do, what that's, to avoid, right? Yeah, I mean, that's so, pretty much how I learned about sex, yeah, right? And yeah. all the terrible things that yeah, can happen yeah. to your nethers if you engage. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that's, that, again, I didn't get that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to episode number... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, um, you know, once I, I probably next year, you know, I, I do want to start doing podcasting and more stuff right now. It's just like I'm so limited on, yeah. on time. But, yeah, definitely. Very cool. Let's partner up and do this. Yeah, yeah. And I know someone who could be our producer. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> we do the Whittier love line. <laughs> like, um, I, I was cruising down Whittier Boulevard the yeah. other day. <laughs> After having some tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I have a friend. Yeah. <laughs> well, Carla, thank you. I mean, this was fun. It's yeah. Uh, Jesse appreciates the the session. <laughs> well, no, the session's gonna start after. I don't yeah. know about that, man. But uh, appreciate uh, you know coming on and giving us a little bit more information about what you do uh -huh. and how you do it. Um, again, all the information on how to reach her will be on the show notes. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have to set up another one once you're. 
your uh, your running on all yeah. cylinders, right? Yeah, definitely, so. guys. Thank you so much, uh, Christine, and um, you know for for setting this up. I, I you know I know I was in communications. With well, you. you reached out to us, which I really appreciate. So thank uh-huh. you for reaching out to us because you know it's it's kind of cool when you get an an email in the inbox that says, hey, um, I'd really like to be on your podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yes, okay, totally. Yeah, when? and yeah, thanks for, uh, you know, coming to my house, Remo, Jesse. I know, I don't know if it was inconvenient or not, but I'm sure no, you guys No, not at all. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> can yeah. we uh, broadcast or can we record here next yeah, week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The AC works beautifully. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, and, you know, uh, I am very happy to live and work in this community and uh, I'm very happy to help whoever uh, needs you know any kind of mental health behavioral health um, counseling services okay perfect mm-hmm. thank, thank you, you. So much. you're welcome see you later Woodier.